Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening, Sports Day SA. David Wildey and Dan Menzel, all thanks to Irrigear to save time and water. Check them out. Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. And get involved on the show too. Open line one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or the text line zero four two seven one five four one double six for just quality home improvements. So welcome, Daniel Menzel. Hi Dan, how are you? I'm going well, Wilds. How was your Friday night? Had a great Friday night. We had a bit of a dinner party at the the Wildy household. It ended up very very late or early in the morning, and I said I was in my, on my own about two thirty in the morning watching the uh, remnants of the Australia. Pakistan okay. game. What, what, you would have been, first of all, you would have been wrapped when you saw Australia was batting first. Well, we had, it's funny, we had um, the TV on in the background and yeah. after a couple of hours I got told to turn it off and put music on. So, oh, no. <laughs> but when I turned it back on, it was, uh, I thought Pakistan actually were in with a chance. They lost a couple of wickets. Stoinis got the first two. Yep. Which really put them on track. But um, David Warner, I, I did see probably the easiest catch dropped I've ever seen. David oh. Warner. And didn't cost him much, only 164 <laughs> runs. Incredible, isn't that? Um, Pakistan, as I said, which Pakistan will turn up? And unfortunately, they their fielding's never been great. No, you're right. The fielding's never been great. There's also an interesting statistic with Harris Ralph uh, in particular, but Shaheen Afridi as well. If they don't take a wicket in the first five or six overs, they typically go for a lot and, and don't bowl very well. And we saw that once that... David Warner got dropped. You just saw their heads drop. And it just went amongst the group. And they bowled really oh. poorly in the first 30 overs. And uh, look, for Australia, it makes a really interesting decision now with Travis Head potentially coming back in, what they're going to do at the top of the order. See, I'd be loath to split Marsh and Warner. I mean, Mitch Marsh just coming off 100. I'd bring Travis Head in. Yep. But I'd, drop, I'd play him at three or four and drop Labuschagne. Yeah. See, I would do the same thing. I'm, I'm hearing slightly different things that he might come in straight to the top and open. Yeah. But um, let's have a listen to what David Warner said on the partnership with Mitch Marsh. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, we, we, we thought the threat was going to be obviously the first probably five or six overs with the with the new ball. And then from there, it was, you know, once we got to the pace of the of the wicket, um, we're going to try and target obviously the next, the next set of guys that are coming. So from us to go out there and put a performance on the ball like that, it's very, very pleasing. And target they did. They certainly once they got through those first five or six overs, and again Warner got dropped. He well, got away with one, but Australia though, looking at that, they should have made four thirty from yeah. where they were. Yeah, they should have last six wickets for about thirty eight runs or something. Yeah, they they really should have. I mean, they they did enough in the end to win. But um, Australia's next game is Wednesday night. They take on the Netherlands, so it's a nice game for Travis Head to come back in if he is ready for. Um, we might have a listen to Travis on his recovery. Oh, I had a really good hit yesterday. Um, I think each session is getting um, better, but um, again, got to be mindful of the fact that yeah, it's still. Um, I think it was five day, five weeks, a couple of days ago, and I sort of told between us, so that six week mark. But um, yeah, everything seems to be going well. But again, it's how I wake up this morning. It's how I can potentially back up tomorrow and train, and still a few things I need to, to tick off. But um, I, it, yeah, I'm optimistic. We'll see what happens. So um, continues on this rate. Who knows? And um, keep doing the things day by day to hopefully give myself the best chance. I hope you can come back, but I wouldn't be expecting miracles. When you don't bat for five or six weeks and you're out of the system for a while, you're not having the week-to-week, day-to-day nets. Um, I think it's, a, to be honest, I think it's a bit of a risk. Now, you can take that because he's been one of the form players in the last year, but 
having said that, Labuschagne, I think, is a little bit too slow, but don't expect Travis Head to come in and just dominate. It'll be, you know, if you're in the finals, you'll be facing Rabada, you'll be facing um, um, a Boomer, a Shammy. These yep. guys are bowling quick, short, and with a bad thumb or bad finger, and even fielding. I think you'd be a little bit worried about diving and, and catching a, a cricket ball. So, well, it's it's a fracture to his left hand. So you're right; it's going to impact his batting, it's going to impact his fielding, and potentially his bowling as well. There's no doubt we want him and need him back in the team. But just he's in there, isn't it just he? Add, but it just adds another dynamic to our bowling lineup as well, which which is huge. Which is uh, why you have him back in. But yeah, George Bailey. He actually made a few comments about it that he probably does come back in to Straight open in. the batting. Yes. Yeah. So Gee. that would mean that Mitch Marsh, I'm guessing, would move down to number three. So you'd have Warner and Travis open. Marsh come in at three, then Steve Smith at four. And Labuschagne out. Labuschagne will be the one who misses, particularly with Joyner's taking a couple of wickets the other day uh, in that game against Pakistan. So I think that's what we will see. It'll be a much better balanced side. But... I don't know. I still like Marsh at the top and and letting him go for it. And if he gets out early, Trav comes in and can noodle him around and and play well. But yeah, they they probably will go with Travis Head opening by the sounds. I think it'd be far safer for Head to bat four or five if you've got a broken finger. You're not going to be facing that new ball. And it's a lot easier after. And don't forget, when he plays test cricket, he's batting five and six and coming and smashing him. So I I don't... I don't want to upset Mitch Marsh. You love him up there. You thought he might make the most runs for, for Australia, and he's well, right still, up there. I still do if he if he opens the batting. He's only fifty runs behind David Warner. He's now second in the in the Australian run scorers yeah. list. And again, if he opens against Netherlands, I could easily see him making a century. I quite like the right hand left hand um, combination at the top of the order with Marsh and with Warner. Whereas we know with Travis in, it'll be two left handers, but. Again, I've got no issue with Travis opening. I just think that they made 259 they put on. Uh, I probably wouldn't change it. You can't split it up. We've got Dan Churney. We'll ask him that question too. Dan Churney live from India a little bit later. Uh, The good oil thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. What about the results over the weekend? Some really good ones for South Australia too. 36ers. They had that really bad loss against um, South East Melbourne. And uh, they come out against the Wildcats and... For a while, they come out of the blocks startling, but Wildcats got back into the road. Oh, we go again, they're going to lose. But that was a really good win. And Isaac Humphrey, probably the best game I've ever seen the big fella play. Yeah, no, they were far better against the Wildcats than they were against the South East Melbourne Phoenix on Thursday night. So it was a good win on Saturday night for Adelaide. We, we talked about it. If they don't win this one, it's probably curtains. So early in the season, it is weird to say that. But Scotty Ninnis did say their defence has been pretty good this year. Well, they were horrific against the Phoenix. They definitely shored that up. And they only conceded the 78 points. They kept Perth to 13 points in the last quarter. So it was a really nice finish. And you're right, Humphreys was huge in this game with 26 points. Big fella just just cut a swathe through the Perth defence. Vasilovic, really good again. He's Look, he's an amazing recruit. Hopefully they can get an import too. And they can string some wins together because uh, I think Melbourne... United only lost one game. Yeah, Melbourne and United look incredible both on offense and defense. But you're right, Vasilovic is just starting to build nicely. 15 points, seven rebounds, six assists. He filled the stat sheet, but six from 20 shooting. So his first two games actually haven't been his best shooting games, which you'd expect coming in maybe a little bit of rust. 
So for mine, there's a fair bit of upside there. What about Adelaide United? 3-0. I spoke to Mark Milligan on Friday. I said 1-0 be nice. 1-2-0. 3-0 against their arts rival. I mean, it's a little bit surprising. We, we know that they're ready to go. We know that they're going to attack because that's what we've been told. But to win 3-0 against the reigning premiers or reigning champions from last year in Central Coast Mariners, it's a, it's a great start for Adelaide United. Halloran, Halloran scored the first in the 38th minute and then two later in the second half to win 3-0. It's uh yeah we're in a really nice position after the first game on top of the table. I thought they were good things. I just had a just a very small wage on United gamble responsibly. Be careful of what you're gambling with, but uh, I thought at home they're uh, pretty well morals. It's easy to say the event, but home with all the angst from last year was yep. it, was an ugly final series. They no love lost between those two. Yeah, the only reluctance or hesitation I would have had is the fact of losing Craig Goodwin. We know he was so important to scoring, yeah. scoring and setting them up and being a part of all those different set plays. And uh, that's why I thought, can they replace him? And look, it looks like they've got a number of players that will chip in and be able to replace him. Only one game, but what do you make of the strikers? <laughs> The women, oh, outstanding. That was uh, outstanding. So I'm not sure everyone out there will know the result, <laughs> but we batted first. We made three for 177. Our openers put on 135. Nice start. Nice track, beautiful wicket. It looks like, yep, there's going to be plenty of runs scored. We then bowl the stars out, all out for 29. That's no. uh, Meg Lanning plays stars, doesn't she? Yeah. She couldn't have made too many. No, it? that's 138. 148 run win in their opening game. A, a, an incredible start for the strikers. Just Sam. very quickly, uh, not as much luck against the other Melbourne-based team against the Renegades today. All out for 86 Melbourne Renegades, winning by 81 runs, making 167. Oh, wow. Gee, things change. But that I suppose that is um, T20 cricket. You have your good day. But all out for 29, I mean, that... It's just remarkable. It really is, but life does come at you quickly. Don't get ahead of yourself because it's yeah. uh, it's the other way around today. But, um, yeah, not close games. But we know the Strikers women's team is going to be pretty good. Okay, for the Strikers, let's have a look at the AFLW. The Crows lost their first game for the year, and they, they nearly won it. Uh, they lost by a couple of points to Brisbane, up in Brisbane. Yeah, they did. And, uh, look, I don't think this is a bad loss. I think that it's... You don't want to go through a season undefeated. Now, we talked about a number of teams that speak about this. It covers over the cracks. And so I think that Matthew Clark, the coach of the Adelaide women's team, won't be that disappointed. And we'll have a listen to what he said in his presser here after the game. I don't like losing. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't much fun. But, um, but obviously, yeah, so it's, you know, it's one game. Uh, the season rolls on. Uh, we've got another good challenge next week in North. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, we, look, we have to, we'll have to play a bit better than that if we want to go deep into finals, which clearly that's our, our aim. What advantage, though, Melbourne's percentage is astronomical. They've lost one as well to the Crows. Yep. Top spot, if it comes down to the, the, the grand final, could be away if they both win the uh, Adelaide. Let's say they finish 1-2. Yes. So the top side will get... The grand it's actually, final. It's a great point you make because Melbourne looks all conquering and we know that the Crows beat them, uh, but Melbourne does look like the best team in the competition and the Crows team is right there. You've got North Melbourne next, Brisbane after that, but it's a fair point that the Demons now have that one seed. They sit in that position to be able to potentially host the grand final. 
for the Crows women's team, they take on North Melbourne this week. Tough one. It's a really tough one. They're at home. It's second versus third. North Melbourne's percentage is superior as well. So if they lose this week, they'll more than likely play an away final yeah. first up. So that could come back to bite them. Uh, still with a very tough draw. And the final one, Port Adelaide, with five minutes to go, are up by more than a goal. Gold Coast kick a couple into the breeze into a gale. And uh, I think Lauren Arnell, she looks back at the game and think we could have done a couple of things a little bit better because they should never have lost from where they were. Obviously flat, like girls worked so hard. That was pretty gutsy. Um, but yeah, draw is a draw, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, a little bit flat and some pride in some of the progress that we keep making. But um, yeah, you'd like to think we win that game. Yeah, well, the, the line there was 29 points, so they, they certainly exceeded that. Well done to Port Adelaide, but should have got the four points. A text from Lance, that text line, 0427154166. Hi, guys. Lance here from Birkenhead. Is it Lance or Lance? What do you oh, it say, depends Dan? where you live, I think. I, I say Lance, but I think it's Lance. Lance Armstrong, yeah. Lance Armstrong. I'm really happy with Port's trade period. I believe Sweet is a good pickup for pick 50. Oh, 206 centimetres, this is going off. My uh, screen has just gone off. So, Sam, can you finish that text? Yeah, well, and it, Jordan Sweet will actually be on Brecky on Wednesday here on SCNSA with Walshie and Bix. So, it'll be a good chat with him. But I agree. I think for pick 50, I think that is a good pick because, again, it gives him a little bit of depth. But also, he still could be the number one ruck for Port Adelaide next year. Certainly can, and particularly if uh, Solder gets hurt. Uh, that was a good oil for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. But there's plenty more to come on the show. Dan Cherney, code sports journalist, live from India. Top seven sporting result from the weekend. Lost in the wash. All that thanks to Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter... Welcome back, Sports Day SA. Top seven thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6, up to 528 kilometres of range. And just quality home improvements. Now, the text line there, I'm going to want to come to this, 0427154166. Lance, we had a bit of a, is it Lance or Lance from Birkenhead? And Dan, is it Lance Franklin or, or Lance Franklin? Depends where you live. I would say Lance Franklin. Would you? You'd say Lance, wouldn't you? You say swimming pool, though, I believe. Yeah, I say <laughs> swimming pool, not swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. No, I, I think I say Lance Franklin. I'm not sure. I think we sometimes uh, just say different things when yeah, we, we do. feel like. Mix it up. I like mixing it up and getting reactions from people. Contribute or contribute? Contribute for mine. Yeah, me too. But then I say controversy. So do I. Controversy. controversy. Everyone no. says controversy. You're not wrong. Don't don't think you're wrong. Okay, the Kia top seven. What do you got for us? We've got the top seven results from the weekend. So we've already talked about a couple of these, and I've thrown in a couple of extra ones as well. So we'll start with number seven, uh, and we have been over the 36s, but with their win over the Wildcats on the weekend, that takes them to two and five. They're at number seven. Does Are they a chance to make the playoffs this year, Wilts? Well, you look at the teams above, there's probably three or four I think better teams with probably better qualified players. But as I say, you know, get Vasilovic comes back in, Humphreys starts playing well again, and maybe a, an import. You never know. I heard um, CJ Bruton saying it keeps the Wolves away. So he's obviously feeling a bit of pressure. Yeah, he would be. It he's... was a good win. Now, we don't know how good the Wildcats are. Though, no, they, they are battling a lot more than what people thought they would. At number six, I've got India versus New Zealand. That was a great game. The two undefeated teams... 
Daryl Mitchell's 130 for brilliant. New Zealand was was brilliant. It's a way to sum it up. But Virat Kohli, just again and again. He made 100 against Bangladesh, not out. 95, he went for it for the win last night. But um, they are going to be hard to beat. Just on the, in, in, as good as Mitchell's batting was, Boomer and Shammy in the last eight overs, they couldn't get him off the square. And this is a guy that's already made 100. Yep. And outstanding innings for Mitchell. But, uh, well, to, Shammy, I think, plays. He, what, did he take five wickets? He took five wickets, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a very, very good bowler. And uh, I know Hardik Panja's out, but... It's not like for like, but certainly improves the bowling. It does. At number five, I've got the AFLW and the close finishes on the weekend. Wills, there were five games that finished in under a goal on the weekend. Unfortunately for the Adelaide-based teams, it didn't actually result in the eight points. It was two points. A draw to the power and a close loss by the Crows. And then we talked about the Eagles and the Bombers game yesterday. That was a massive upset. So five really close finishes at number five. At number four, I'm going to put this one in there. It's the Major League Baseball. Game seven is tomorrow. Texas beat Houston 9-2 to today. So tomorrow it is win or you're out. It is the knockout game to make the World Series. We talked about this last week. Both teams are from Texas. Houston takes on Texas. That, that is amazing in itself. Was there a Grand Slam or a load of bases? No, there, was, there wasn't today, but there has been throughout the series. But here's a really interesting statistic to leave you with on this. In that series, it's currently 3-3. The away team has won every single game. I saw that. That uh, is staggering. Uh, yeah, the the away team and um, the underdog, I think, the said, is generally you, yeah. you are the favorite when you play at home, aren't you? Correct. So Houston is the home team wow. tomorrow, so maybe that bodes Get well for them. Texas. Uh, <laughs> number, number three is New Zealand versus... South Africa in the Rugby World Cup final oh. off the back of the All Blacks win and South Africa's win. Now, which preparation would you prefer? The All Blacks beating Argentina 44-6 to in the semifinal or South Africa beating England 16-15? to It's a good question and it gave South Africa a, square, um, a real scare. I, th- I think South Africa's a better playing against the hardened England rather yep. than the, the walkover of New Zealand against um, Argentina. Probably South Africa, and that just shows. I mean, they were nearly knocked out. Could easily be knocked yeah, out they, themselves. They really I'd could. rather be with a Springboks. I'd think. love to see the Springboks winner. At number two, we've been over this, but Adelaide United, what a start. 3-0 win against Central Coast, top of the table after round one. That's probably one of my favourite results of the weekend. As I said, we spoke to the assistant coach, Mark Milligan, Friday night. Um, and I know Carl Viet would be really happy with that because it didn't end well last year. As good as Adelaide year was, they beat the Mariners over in the grand final. And a lot of a lot of angst between the two teams, so I um, I'm pretty impressed with that. And well done to Carl Vitt and the United. At number one, uh, I could have put the cricket in there, but we've been over the cricket, so I'm going to go with the Caulfield ah. Cup, which was run on the weekend, and that was a win to without a fight. West Wind blows at the 200, without a fight runs on, lays in on top of Gold Trip. West Wind blows 100 to go, without a fight coming at it, without a fight. West Wind blows the hits in unison, without. Without a fight, winning the Caulfield Cup. Speaking of which, it's time for the Leg Up, Australia's fastest-growing tipping service. Get a leg up on the bookies with Australia's fastest-growing tipping service, thelegup.com.au. Wilds, tomorrow it's Cotton, race three, number nine, Mauricio. It looks like it's ready to win. Yeah, not Mauricio. They reckon that will win too. So, And they've been okay too, knocking been pretty on the good. door all three of the career starts. Hey, catch every NFL game this season with a game pass only on DAZN. Visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. In a moment, not too far away, Dan Cherney from uh, India. We'll ask about David Warner. Plenty more.
Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Yeah, time now to talk Cricket World Cup with Code Sport journalist, good friend of ours too, Dan Churney. All for Henley's new home designs with drop prices, all the luxuries and now seven-star energy efficiency. And tyre power, the great race sale now on getting your local independently owned tyre power today. I don't know, uh, Dan, if you caught up with, this is uh, Dan Menzel, if you caught that game, the hot game at Mumbai, uh, South Africa and England, I think unbelievable conditions. Well, Dan Churney's been watching it all when it doesn't get any hotter than, hotter than that. Welcome, Dan. <laughs> Good to be with you guys. What about that? Um, Clarkson's innings, they were unbelievable, but the heat, I don't think I've ever seen anyone since Dean, Dean Jones and the tied test many years ago out on their feet like that. Yeah, no, you don't see that very often. And these guys, obviously, as cricketers play in some pretty oppressive conditions, but those were right up there. And Look, I think England ultimately ruined their decision to bowl first. Um, Josh Butler, I think, acknowledged that it probably was an error. And, and that, and I think they went in there and they looked at the numbers and the data around that chasing at that venue and they thought that it was a good idea. But, um, you know, when you look at how tired the batsman was in Heinrich class and um, no, no wonder England's bowlers were cooked and then they put up such a limp resistance um, with, the, with the bat chasing. So, yeah, no, it was very funny scenes there. With him in the, I'm, you, you probably saw the uh, him wearing that towel in the dressing room, which is becoming a bit of a South African tradition because I think you saw that, that with Temper Vavuma. Um, in, the, in their previous game against the Netherlands, <laughs> most infamously, um, I must be a during that, um, that confrontation between Quinton de Kock and David Warner way back in 2018, but wearing a towel. So it uh, must be some sort of South African garment. But uh, no, no, fantastic performance from the Proteas who just put England to the sword. And um, the England now are uh, you know, pretty, pretty up on their feet, and it's going to be a, a long way back from, from them from here. Yeah, anyhow, enough of South African England. You wrote a a piece about David Warner, very interesting too, and uh, it got me thinking, is David Warner now arguably Australia's greatest one-day or 50-over batsman? He maybe hasn't played as many innings as Ponting and, and some of the others, but it's a good question. His record is amazing. Yeah, no, look, it is. Uh, and I think because David Warner can be such a polarising figure in Australian cricket and society, I think there's maybe sometimes we don't give him the credit Deserves, and I think there's also a bit of conflation that goes on with his test form and his, his one-day form. Whereas test cricket, you know, clearly he has been on decline for a few years now, and you know, there's legitimate debate about whether he should have held his spot for as long as he has. But you know, one-day cricket, that's not the case. I mean, he's a force, and then really without him, Australia wouldn't still be in this World Cup. And he's made what five World Cup centuries now, 21 in ODI cricket overall. Hasn't played that much, you know, compared to players of a previous generation because. The, the calendar has changed and the advent of T20 and just yep. the nature of the landscape means that you guys just aren't playing nearly as much ODI cricket. I mean, he's only played 154 or 55 matches compared to Ricky Ponting. He's played 370 in not, not too much longer a period. Um, and, and look, it's a high scoring era. Um, so you've got to take that into account and a faster scoring era. But you know, he's averaging 45, a strike rate of 96 um, over a pretty long period of time. That was done at a World Cup. I think... Uh, I sort of, I suppose the contentions of the piece, if you breach, you know, <laughs> which was spoiling it, is ultimately that um, I, I think he's probably not quite there yet. I, I don't quite, I, I couldn't tell you who it is. I mean, clearly, these are sort of pub debates that you, there's plenty, plenty of arguments, but I think, you know, the likes of Ponting 
um, Michael Bourbon, um, Dean Jones, uh, Matthew Hayden, and Mark Warren and Gilchrist, you know, yeah, they're, they're yeah. the guys in that conversation. But I think if um, if he can perform uh, really well for the back end of the World Cup, and particularly if he can play in innings which wins Australia, so semi-final or final, which, you know, the way he's going, there's no reason to suggest he would do that. I think that just about secures his legacy as Australia's greatest one-day batter. So, um, no, male, I should say, because they've been pretty good for female players like Meg Lanning and Bullard Clark. But, um, we, uh, yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see. But I think he does deserve probably more credit than he gets. So, Dan, speaking of pub debates, we were just chatting before about whether Travis Head comes in the next game and whether he goes straight to the top of the order. Now, Mitch Marsh and David Warner, the man you're speaking about, put on 259 together. Do you change that partnership or do you go ahead with what's worked in the last match? Yeah, Dan, look, it's a good question. But I think, um, yeah, the selectors have said uh, that they will... Well, Judge Judge Bailey said following the, the match against Pakistan and, you know, really only a few hours after... Marsh and Warner had uh, done what they'd done, uh, that uh, Head will definitely come back as an opener. Uh, him and Warner had a very successful partnership in the lead-up. Uh, and even when I was doing some of the research in terms of the stats about Warner, you sort of realise how good Head's record is, albeit from a much smaller sample size. But that, they were going very, very well before Head's injury. Um, and Marsh can, is probably more versatile, can bat at three or even down the order. So... Look, no, I think there's, there's no doubt Travis Head will come back in as an opener. The question remains now just whether it will be for this game against the Netherlands. And, and the coach, Andrew McDonald, spoke to us uh, only an hour or two ago and, and said that um, there's that Head is a, a serious chance to play. And they're quite optimistic that he, can, he could play against the Dutch on Wednesday yeah, in New Delhi. Uh, the, the, uh, it'll depend on how he gets through training tonight and then how he pulls up yeah. tomorrow, Tuesday uh, Indian time. But... Uh, yeah, and he's a very good chance. And I suppose the guy who's likely to miss out is probably Marnus Lubbershane. Um, probably gets squeezed out. He was obviously a late inclusion into the, the World Cup squad to start with. Uh, and particularly with Marcus Stoinis having shown his worth in that last game, I think Lubbershane has to be the one who gets squeezed out. Yeah, Dan, I see it slightly different. Um, Head changed games in Test Match Cricket coming in at five or six and just started just making runs right from the... If he's going to face Boomer or Shammy or Lockie Ferguson... Or a barter in a final with a, with a finger that's hardly healed, he's more likely to get hit in those first four or five overs with a new ball than coming in at four or five when it's basically a batsman's paradise. So, and as Dan Menzel said, you, you're splitting up a pretty good combination in in Warner and and Mitch Marsh. Now, look, it's an interesting question, David. I think it's a very valid point you make uh, about the when he coming off a, a broken hand, um, which was. Um, hit by a pretty and paceman and Gerald Kirksey from uh, South Africa, who is you know, not necessarily even in the 11 but has proven to be a very good, very good player. Um, but having said that, I think we've seen with Head, and, and he opened uh, in that test series in India when he came back into the side following um, the injury to David Warner, uh, that they are, they, they probably prefer him to be pacing more pace than spin. I think there is still that knock on the game against Spin, particularly in India. And, you know, if he comes up against the Jadeja, Ashwin, um, Kuldeep Yadav, say in the semi-final or a final, as much as, yes, you're right, you probably don't want him being risking his finger. I think if he's declared, if he's declared fit, um, they, just, they, they think that's where his strength is, attacking the new ball um, in, in red ball cricket. In, sorry, in white ball cricket, um, facing more pace and spin, which is a you're clearly going to more likely to face pace than spin early in the innings. So 
uh, I, I get the call, but uh, I think I, I can't see them um, backing away from that strategy at this point. Dan, before we let you go, India last night took on New Zealand. They got the win. The two undefeated teams, they are the masters of the chase. They've chased in all five of their matches and made it look pretty comfortable. Is there any vulnerability there at all or any chinks in the armour? Oh, that's a good question, Dan. I, look, I don't think so. There's no, there's no clear, there's no really evident um, glaring weakness in that side, and I think this, this address is hold. One, one thing is Hardik Pandya, who missed that game through injury, and I'm not quite sure when he's going to be back. I haven't, I haven't heard the latest there, but um, you know, I think without him, that they probably, you know, he, he's a very big out in terms of what he offers with both bat and ball. But having said that, they can bring back a guy like Mohamed Shami, who, who can perform really well, um, and they've got, you know, they're um in the wings. Uh, so, no, look, I, I think ultimately there's no, there's no huge weaknesses there. They've got teams that can be versatile. You know, they can play the extra spinner in Ashwin or, or they can go into the extra quick. They've got all-round options as well. Um, you know, there's chasing is extraordinary. Coley, his, his, his record in chasing is just it's phenomenal. He, he's, uh, I know we sort of joked, joked a bit about how he tried to guide himself to that 100 the other night against Bangladesh and even last night where he narrowly missed out. But, He's a phenomenon um, yeah. in those run chases, and you know, they would have so much confidence. But one thing is interesting, I suppose, though, because they have, they have chased in every game, um, I reckon they would want to try to bat first a couple of times in the lead-up to the final. Because you wouldn't want to just be batting first for the first time um, yeah. so late in the tournament. You want to have a point. bit of experience, because you never know. You could get, get sent in um, on, the, on a track that might do a bit, come a semi-final. And if you haven't done it in a little while, then... Uh, and then that could be an Achilles heel. But, you know, we're really nitpicking there. If, if the biggest worry you have is, um, you know, where you're batting or bowling first, yeah. you're going pretty well. Thanks, Dan. And we're very envious of you over there. But, yeah, keep safe and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks for your time. No, I you, guys. Thanks so much. Dan Cherney there wrote the article, too, on whether David Warner, possibly the, the best Australian cricketer. I'll tell you what, he's right up there. Yeah, no, he certainly is. Ponting still for mine, but uh, in terms of batsman for Australia, but he is right up there. Yeah, David Warren. It is currently 6.40. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 16.29 SEN SA. Yeah, busy show already for Just Quality Home Improvements. Just Quality Home Improvements experts in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds and artificial lawn and roof restoration. Time now, Dan, though, for Lost in the Wash. Looking forward to this. We're going to look at Port Adelaide and the Crows. That's a Toolkit Depot. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. Toolkit Depot, everything you need under one roof. Tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. I want to ask you, and um, I know you've done a little bit of study on this, Port Adelaide and the Crows. Port, for most of the year, were in second position. The Crows were around the eight for most of the year, turned just dropped out. For those teams to improve next year, and I mean significant improvement, if you had to pick five players from the Crows and Port Adelaide where you think they can make a big difference, so the Crows obviously make the eight and Port somehow to stay around the top four, which way would you go? Yeah, let's start with the Crows first who finished in 10th position with 11 wins and 12 losses. So you're right. They're going to have to get up to 12 got Sydney in this year, but 12 and a half. They're going to have to get up to 12 or 13. So how do they do that? Five players I've got from the Crows that I think – if they have good seasons next year by their own standards, uh, they will certainly make finals. I've got Rochelle. I think that's an obvious one. Um, and he needs to. It'll be third year, won't he? Third year. He's played 34 AFL games yeah. now. So he's starting at that stage where you're starting to feel more comfortable. 
He's the type of player that could be like your Bobby Hill that can actually take a game, and we know what he can do in a game. He can absolutely blow it open. He's just got to show a little bit more consistency. So he's one for mine that if he can do that throughout the season will be massive. Isaac Rankin's another one. I mean, his very best is the top echelon in the AFL. And he had a great year, but he could go even further. He, he definitely could go yeah. even further. So if he can um, build on what he did in 2023, okay. the Crows are going to be a very good team. I've got um, Josh Worrell in there. And the reason I've put him in there is we know what the back line looks like for the Crows with their injuries at the moment. Uh, Murray and Butts and Dodey has gone to Brisbane. So I think that if he has a good season, look, Michael Laney's maybe the other one, but if Worrell can come in and play a really good, strong third defender position for the Crows next year, I think that's going to really set them up beautifully. Um, JC Lego, he's played 37 games now. Again, been touted for a long time. As to be a star in the competition one day, he is on the right trajectory. But I think if he really brings a really strong performance next year with that consistency like Rochelle, I think it'll be solid. And the other one I've got is Riley O'Brien. I just think your ruck needs to be good and needs to be consistent throughout the season. We see that in the best teams. And if those five players for mine are good next year for the Crows, they will certainly make the finals. Do you agree with most yeah, of them? I find this amazing because I've got four different ones to what you've picked, which shows that the Crows, to me, could really A lot of improvement. Yep. And, and a lot of the guys, I'm going to say, too, played pretty well this year. I've got Darcy Fogarty. Up until the time he got hurt, he was playing some really good footy. I think he got knock around the hip and yep. it just slowed him down for a while. Now, he's going to need a good year. won't be McAdam down there. So I think uh, a Fogarty's one. Riley Philthorpe, he's got so much improvement in him, and he needs – what's this, his third or fourth year? He definitely needs to to improve. And, I mean, he's a talent. We've seen glimpses of it. He kicked, kicked five goals a couple of times. Uh, kicked five on, on debut. debut. Yeah, incredible, isn't so, it? So, uh, Philthorpe, I think Pedler uh, showed glimpses too, Dan. Like yeah, he has. Explosive little has. strong uh, midfielder. He's getting a bit of confidence, getting his body right. And the other one is Matt Crouch. And Matt Crouch, when I say that, mm. you might say, well, he's been around for years. Yeah, but he hasn't been around much the last two years. When he came back, his form was elite. It was. And he needs to keep that level, if not even more. Yeah, so, he does. And if he can, then that will really just add that extra element to the midfield. Um, now, Phil Thorpe, you mentioned 46 games he's played. So you're right, he'll be into his fourth season. So he'll be ready to hopefully take that next step. I didn't put Fogarty or Thilthorpe in there just because I feel like if they have really good seasons next year, then Taylor Walker's going to regress um, because you can't obviously have two or three big key position players up there. But I agree that those guys definitely need to take steps for the Crows to improve. Um, so we've got eight and nine players, that, and most of them still play pretty well. Yeah. It's not that, like the, the duds or dummies. And you could see them all improving next year too. So, I mean, everyone knows that the Crows – probably should have played finals this year. If those eight or nine guys play good footy next year, they will definitely play finals. Port Adelaide have found a lot tougher, and, and it's unusual. And a lot of the guys didn't have great years, but I'm, I'm trying to think how Port won 13 on the trot, a lot of those games by less than eight or nine points. They're going to need to really improve to be top four. As I said, I've been saying, oh, I don't think they will be top four next year. But the guys I've got, Todd Marshall, always liked his talent, but he get, gets injured a lot. He's been concussed a lot. He, he, his kicking went off. I know he got hit in the hip just before the finals, but they need a big year out of Todd. They, Charlie Dixon's on his last leg, so they need Todd to step up. Without a doubt, they do. He's 25 years of age. He's played 97 games now and kicked 138 goals. So he's to the stage now where once you get past 100 games, there's no excuses. You've got to really 
uh, show you that maturity that he needs to and he needs to have that consistency. I have him in my five as well. I agree that he's so important for the power next now, year. Now, Dan, I'll put a Brownlow medalist in. And then you might find that strange, but Ollie Wine said his worst year in his 10 or 11-year career so far. And that was the reason why they started him on the wing most times. For me, he has to get back in the middle and he needs a good year. Otherwise, I don't see where Ollie Wines plays. Now, whether he had injuries, he had, I know he had to interrupt the preseason and you'd know about that. If you can't get yourself right, it's hard to catch up. But I've got Ollie Wines there as well. Yeah, it's an interesting one. He's 29 years of age, uh, Ollie Wines. So you're right, he won the Brownlow medal only a few years ago. But he needs to get back to that level where he was the brute and the ball on the inside. So... He's one that they'll certainly know. Who else have you got in your five? I'm only going to take one of the recruits, Radagalia. Now, you're going to have Radagalia and Alia both playing down back. And as I say, Radagalia plays, sees balls, goes after it. And to a certain extent, so does Alia. So they're going to have to watch that. They're going to have to watch who they're playing on too. Radagalia can be either very good or very poor. He's yep. a beautiful mark. He's a strong man. And he's going to be a key backman. So I think he would need to step in the, the breach either for Mackenzie or Jonas and, uh, you know, up the ante there. Yeah, I agree with that. So is that your five there? No, I've, and I've got a couple others. And uh, Ollie Lord a bit from left field. I thought yep. he showed promise, Ollie, and he's big, another big body, and hopefully he can get a regular game. And um, Burton, who Burton frustrates me a little bit. He can either be very good or very bad. He's a beautiful skilled player, but at times I think he's let himself down in some of the bigger games. So I think in the back line, he uses the ball. I'm, I'm not even... I think they could even move him out of the back line, maybe forward or even a wing. Yeah, look, I, he's either going to nail that defensive position and do a better job when he locks down and when he plays one-on-one on those good opponents like your Toby Greens. Otherwise, yep, get him up to the wing to get who'd, his rebound. Who'd you go? So I had Todd Marshall as well. I definitely agree with that. And I also had Ryan Burton as well. So there's two that are massive for Port Adelaide. I went with one of their other big recruits, which is Ivan Soldo. Oh, the big fella. If they are going to be good next year, the power, they're going to need a good number one ruck, and I think he's the man to do it. So let's see if we can get the best footy out of him. A couple others I went. So I went Charlie Dixon. Now, the reason I went Charlie, he's 33. Interesting. The reason I went Charlie is all I've heard the last few years is Port haven't won it because Charlie hasn't been fit and been on the park. And if they had Charlie up and going, they would be as good as anyone. Well, if that's the case and they're going to be better than 17 wins next season, they're going to need someone like Charlie to do that. So I put Charlie in there. That's a fair point. But my last one is my favorite one of the lot. I went Jason Horn Francis. He's 20 years of age. He has played 41 AFL games. Now, he had a good season this year in patches in particular. Some of his patches and some of his quarters were elite. If he can bring that consistency and do that throughout games for longer periods, and there's no reason why he can't. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a guy by the name of Nick Dacos who has showed that you can do it at such a young age. If Jason Horn Francis shows his potential for longer periods in games, he could be one of the best players in the competition, and that would be massive for Port Power next year. Yeah, I agree. That's a good call. I think he had 13 to 14 Brownlow votes, um, and he's someone you notice. He's a powerful athlete. He's not unlike, in a way, Dangerfield as a young bloke, just the power he can... He likes to break packs, doesn't he? He, he doesn't give the first give, but very he can much, learn on that. Very much reminds me of the way Patrick Dangerfield gets the ball and tries to bullock his way out and... It just breaks a line. If he can get that first clearance or that first possession out to one of the Butters or Rosie or someone on the outside of Houston, it's massive for Port Adelaide, and I think he's in for a big year next year, and they certainly need it. Uh, we got a text in, Wields, from Tom, and he said, what if Dawson has a Brownlow-level year 
next year had a great first opening six to seven weeks. I think what the reason I didn't have a Dawson or Lair, they, they play good footy every week. They are consistent. We know yep. they're going to be good. Uh, it's probably like for Boke's first 10 or 11 years, just know he's going to be that level. So I've got no doubt Dawson will have a good year or Roy, Roy Led. I don't think they need to improve. I think it's the players around them yeah. that need to improve. No, it's a good text from Tom there, but uh, I agree with you. I think that he had a very good season this year, which we know, but it's these other guys that are a little bit more on the periphery that need to improve. So what I what I make of that, I found we both found it quite easy for Crows players to find players, and yet they played pretty well this year. Port Adelaide players, some of the ones we mentioned, had poor years. And they need to improve. So that's why I'm, I'm pretty confident. I think the Crows will finish ahead of Port next year. Which is rather incredible when you say that out loud. Port Adelaide won 17 games this year. And <laughs> we talk about some of their players not having great years and, and not sure if their improvement's there. So um, They won two of their last six, though, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They, they stumbled. You're right. They won 13 games in a row, which made a massive difference. Yeah, interesting. Have, who have you got early stages? to finish in front of each other next year. Uh, again, I've mentioned this a couple of times. The draw plays a big part oh. in any sport. And in AFL, the Crows will have a better draw next year than the Power because of where they finished on the table in 2023. So I've got the Crows finishing ahead of the Power. Had someone ask me today with the women's sport, how it's coming on in leaps and bounds, and they're all getting the television coverage and all that paper coverage, news, radio, whatever. Which, which women's sport do you feel in the last, I don't know, let's say last decade? Yep has come on the most in leaps and bounds. And we can look at AFLW, we can look at cricket, uh, golf, uh, the Matildas. Yeah, in terms of expansion, it's obviously AFLW. But uh, I think in terms of the quality of it, uh, the spectacle of it, I remember watching the women's Ashes test against England, and that was enthralling. I I remember watching, and I didn't turn it off. I watched it as much as I would watch the, the men's Ashes test. I, I thought it was incredible, and I'm glad – that it was the full five-day test match as well. So uh, I think women's cricket is the one for mine that is uh, the level has got to such a good standard over the last 10 years. I think when you start to know the women's players now, I reckon 10 years ago you couldn't have named anyone. Now you've got Perry, Lanning, Healy, Mooney. There's plenty of them. Uh, Megan Shute, uh, McGrath, Gardner. I was going to say Ash Gardner is probably... Well, she's now on she's, 600,000. She's on a lot IPL. of money in the IPL. So I think that's fair... I think in another three or four years, you may say AFLW has caught up. Yeah, you hope it, so. I watched a game yesterday, what, what a result that was, West Coast, Essendon. But at times, it was like mini-league. There was mm. about 20 players around, <laughs> around the ball and they couldn't get it clear. Now, Look, I know the better sides can, Melbourne and yes. Adelaide and that. So they've still got a long way to go. To And we did ask um, uh, Jess Waterhouse last week, uh, or was it the coach? Was it the coach we asked? Yeah, Jess Waterhouse, the AFL uh, Port Adelaide coach. Is there, are there enough players to come through? Who do I ask? Who was the coach that we spoke to? No, well, we spoke with Jess Waterhouse from the Crows, and then we spoke with uh, AFLW coach Sam Virgo from Port Adelaide. Sam Virgo. Yes. Now, Sam Virgo asked that exact question, is there enough depth to come through? She said, well, she sort of said it's getting there. Yeah. You've got to start somewhere. It's improving, and so it shows the skills and the quality is improving and still needs to improve. But also, you're right, I'll, I'll touch back on that Essendon West Coast game you talked about. The last 10 minutes of the game, there was 20 players around the contest and Essendon needed to score a goal and their ruckman was dropping the ball at her hip and, and they had all their midfielders just go tackle. After, like, 
the the message didn't get through, hey, you've got to try and clear the contest here and maybe we should pull some players out and actually try and get a few through the contest. So the coaching and the tactical element is going to obviously take time, as will the quality, but the better sides, we would we would have seen that yesterday. Yeah, and just on the back to the cricket, the women's cricket's been outstanding. And if you didn't know they were men or women, the, the shots, some of them looked like Ricky Ponting playing a cover drive and that now. that The batting in particular has just come on the hitting sixes now, more and more sixes. The bowling, you won't expect them to be express bowling. That, that's improved the spinning as well. But I think mainly the batting, you only got to look at the scores, Dan. They've gone from, you know, 20 over game being 80 and 90 now to over 200, some of them. So that's been outstanding. It really has. It rivals the men's in terms of run rates now in the cricket. So it is a great spectacle to watch. And the improvement in women's cricket has been, for mine, led from the front. And they're getting the coverage and they're getting people watching. Beaumont Tiles giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game. Worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12. And you with a chance T's and C's apply. I'd have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Bye for now. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA.